after now 20 years that stuff's kind of faded. And for me, I start thinking, you know, I just want to be a better husband, a better father, a better employee, a better friend. The reality is, is that's all I control. I don't control all the other stuff going on around me in the world. Yeah. I control me. Part of the context that, that we have to realize is stuff that's going on globally, uh, nationally, or even within the United Methodist Church, we don't really have any control over it. You have control over your actions and what you do, but we can't fundamentally change the system of the uh, United Methodist Church or uh, the systems in America or the systems in the world, but we can change our own sphere of influence, our own personal things. So for me, that's what it's about. You know, how can I be a better husband this year? How can I be a better father this year? How can I be a better employee? How can I be a better friend? And in that context, then you start changing people around you. Thank you guys for joining me again. This is this, you know, January's Pastors Podcast is what we're calling it for now. We have Marty Dunbar joining us. Marty, thank you for being here. It's great to be here. Thanks for uh, hosting us. Of course. Cheryl, thank you for joining us again. Thanks. I love our podcasts. Yes, I've really enjoyed um, talking with you guys last month and look forward to it today as well. We're joined today by the lovely Todd. Uh, we take polls it's every once time. in a while. People <laughs> have been saying you're the favorite pastor, but... I know. I caught a lot of flack that I wasn't in the last one. I said, oh, I didn't really? know that they did uh, it. <laughs> Well, thank you for shaving your and doing your hair today. I did shave my head this morning for this. <laughs> I hope it shines brightly. It's already shining <laughs> brightly, my friend. So. Uh, no, so thank you all for being here. I think this is a great way to communicate with our church. The goal of the church is to connect people to Jesus. We're here at the Chinnawith Complex today talking mm-hmm. about goals, talking about the new year. So I think it's appropriate that um, we we have this podcast today and, and roll out what is on our hearts and what is on the, the vision of the church. So one of the things I want to ask you, Marty, about is um, you said that you, we can hold on to the promises of God through praying the promises of mm-hmm. God, right? And you gave us scripture to consider and you, you pointed us in that direction. But can you talk a little bit more about the connection of the scriptures, uh, the word of God, and then our prayer life and, and the impact because uh, I think a lot of times when we pray, we're, it's more conversational. It's we're talking to God, we're expressing our need, our all these petitions and all these things. But there are some really powerful things if in the scriptures that if we mm-hmm. literally just look at the Bible and turn that into a prayer, mm-hmm. then is that what you're saying? And, and can you unpack that a little bit more? How I would try to explain that is that God's words often give us the insight to God's will. And so when you look at scripture and you read a portion of scripture, you go, I know I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself, right? And so that's a something I'm supposed to do. Or if you hear a promise of God, then it's like, okay, that's what God promises me. Um, then I know that I'm actually within the will of God, 
because some people are like, well, what's the will of God, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it's it's pretty plain and simple. It's not often our will. It's God's will. It's what he promised to you. It's what he wants to accomplish. It's how he wants you to act. And so, as I say, a lot of times it's like a waterfall. You're just supposed to just go get in it. And God's in control of his will. He, he wants you to do that. And so with the scriptures, I think that insight of, okay, what should I actually be praying for? Well, we should be bold and we can easily be bold if we're standing in the, you know, the waterfall of God's will and and we're praying the very things that he promised to give us. Mm -hmm. Well, how could we not feel like we're going to possibly receive those or we can be fully confident in that? We're actually going to get into that. This is is foundational uh, last week is where we're headed with the book of Joshua. And so we're going to talk about that because Mm -hmm. God promises to lead Joshua into this land and do these things. And so Joshua is actually moving into the promised land off the promises of God. And so some of the foundational things. So I don't know if that answers exactly your question, but that's, that's how I, sometimes I get conversational. Maybe they can talk about this. I get conversational with God, Mm -hmm. but I don't pray all the time, literally his promises back to him. Like, God, you want to, you know, do this. I pray that there's controversial thing that kind of occurred out there in the world recently in the Christian world where a, um, young girl passed away that was connected with uh, some worship leaders of another church. Mm -hmm. And these people claimed resurrection. They prayed for resurrection of that that girl. And people were so wigged out by that. And I think that people said, well, that's denial, that's denial, that's denial. But like we worship the God of resurrection. So that's a promise that it's going to happen. Why couldn't that happen to Mm -hmm. that little girl? Again, that might not have happened that might not be part of, you know, the, yeah. what we need to happen and, and God anyway. But that that's an interesting thing. So they were just praying the promises of God, <clears throat> you know. So I don't know if that I tied that in. Well, wrong. sometimes I think that we, because we're so egocentric, we think that our world uh, revolves around us and our needs and our plans and our achievements. And, and so we... We look for the will of God in um, the things that are important to us. Mm. You know, should I take this job? Should I take that job? Should I buy this car? Should I move? Should I do this? That they're all things that um, may not have anything to. May, maybe God doesn't care which house I live in. Mm. Maybe God cares if I love the neighbors around me, whichever house I live in. Mm. So praying the promises right. of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, also involve focusing on what God focuses on. God, God has been pretty clear about what um, God's will might be. Yeah. That's that we love God and we love neighbor. And uh, for us to ask questions about how we do that is to ask questions about the will of God. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it always involves, you know, what store I, we shop at or... Yeah, you know. I just, to get like, as a church as a whole, or even as a person, get nine months down the road and you're like sitting there boldly proclaiming all these things that have nothing to do with what God has said or God's character or whatever, that's a bad deal right there. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a waste of your life. That's mm-hmm. a waste of time. And so mm-hmm. it's great to start the year off thinking about. Yeah. Todd, were you, um, were you awake when Marty was preaching this on Sunday? 
Yeah. <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> he heard it three times. Three times. And, I, and he, he, we and all he heard wanted it to times. digest it more. And I said, Todd, I got to go home. I got to yes. take a nap. Yeah. I just he can't wanted to keep come talking over to you and it. talk longer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he wanted well, your notes so he could preach something. Oh, Is yeah. that good? Uh, about prayer. I could have just got it offline. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Oh, buzz all this stuff. Online. I know. Online. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. I wanted to ask you about church. prayer because uh, that was a big part, so, obviously, of, of the sermon. But he talked about being bold in prayer. For you, like when you look at your personal prayer life, what? What does that mean? How, how would you encourage people to think about being bold in praying? Well, to the it Lord? says in Hebrews chapter four uh, to come boldly before the throne of grace in your time of need. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I think right. it's a scriptural mandate. <laughs> yeah, to come boldly uh, mm-hmm. before God in your time of need. Well, what does it mean? My time of need. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're destitute, you know, or you're at wit's end. And so now I've got to finally go before God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, for me, it's, I, I still use the, the thinking of praying without ceasing, right? And it's a constant conversation that's going on in your mind with God and, and not acting like God doesn't realize what your needs are, what's on your heart, right? But come boldly before them and say, Lord, this is this is really what is eating on my heart and I need some insight as to this. And, and it may not even be something so dramatic. In prayer for me, uh, again, praying without ceasing, right? Uh, uh, one of the prayers that I find myself saying a lot because I have so many conversations with people It says in the book of James to speak less and listen more. Mm -hmm. And so before I'm having a conversation with somebody, I say, Lord, before this meeting happens or before whatever this happens, let me speak less and listen more. And so I catch flack sometimes in meetings because I don't contribute a whole lot. Hmm. There's a reason why I don't contribute a whole lot. Yeah. Because I'm trying to speak less and listen more. Uh, So that's that is a request to God, Lord, let me speak less and listen more. And so then it's a constant listening to the Holy Spirit about really, is it really worth contributing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I'm a little bit of a smart aleck. And so I like to throw stuff in and stuff, but then I hear the, then I hear the Holy Spirit back in my head saying, speak less and listen more. So when you're coming boldly before the throne, it is just about not, well, I can't ask this of God or I shouldn't talk to God about this. I think God cares about everything in your life and mm-hmm. he just wants to have a conversation with you. The, the, the word in the New Testament is Abba, right? It's daddy. Mm-hmm. You know, he cares for you like a parent and and you should be okay having that conversation with them just like a parent and a child has a conversation together not in fear or anything like that but it's like man if I have trouble I could call my dad and say dad I've got a problem I need right. it's kind of the same thing right hey mm. I just need some direction here I need some wisdom here you know yeah. so don't be afraid to talk to God about what's going on in your life big or small Cheryl he said it his fourth point was, he said, God goes before us and prepares the pathway. 
Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, what what would it mean for the people at John Wesley to believe that? To really, what kind of effect would it have on a person if they really believed that God went before them and prepared a pathway? And I think that's in the midst of you know they're pr- they're praying for certain things to happen. They're praying for their family, but just that foreknowledge that God is going before me and setting a pathway. What kind of effect do you think? Like, how would that change? someone's life to really walk in that truth? I think primarily it reduces fear. One of the main messages that is found in the scripture is fear not, do not be afraid, Mm -hmm. fear not. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear is obviously not um, a condition in which God wants us to live all the time. It's a transient emotion that we human beings um, experience, but it's not God's plan that we live fearful lives. So I'll relate to your question by um, just reflecting a bit on my own life. I've I've been a Christian, you know, all my life, and I've been through various stages, uh, and now I'm I'm on the tail end of my Christian life. I've I've lived a little longer than both of these guys, and a lot longer seems like. <laughs> Just a little longer, Marty. Just a little longer. Just because I could be your mother. Um, and mine. And yours. Yes, as you point out to me every year on my birthday. I told her when my mom passed away, she, yeah. she asked my mom's age, and she yeah. was like, that's my age. <laughs> Actually, I'm older, older than your mom. Um, okay. Sorry, but Cheryl. it is so, mm-hmm. comparatively, it is so easy Hmm. For me to live by faith now, because I have a lifetime of proof. Hmm. Now, when I was younger, I was taught to live by faith. I knew the Bible verses. I heard the sermons. I was surrounded by older Christians. I, I, I'm very thankful for all of those things that led me into faith and that mm-hmm. instructed me into a, what a life of faith looked like. But there were times, particularly when I was younger, when I was worried or fearful or anxious uh, about, well, but how's this going to work? You know, like, so when I graduate college, what job will I get? And, you know, will I have a child or will I, will this happen? On and on and on and on. The kinds of things that people think about in their life. Um. At this stage of my life, even though I've been through a fairly big chunk of hard time for such a nice girl, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I frankly don't have that kind of anxiety about things anymore. I won't say I don't ever have any anxiety, sure. yeah. but I don't so much anymore because I have a lifetime of mm-hmm. proof. Uh, of how God walks before me. So I try to tell that story when I can mm-hmm. because um, there are people coming behind me, either new Christians or young people, mm-hmm. who don't have that lived experience yet. It's yeah. one of the gifts of being older is that you have some lived experience. Well, because I was thinking, does that mean that you can only have that kind of confidence if you've lived a certain amount of life? But I think you're saying the benefit of being now is like you can talk to those younger people and say, "This you, you're an example." I better be talking yeah, to those right. young people. That better come out in my preaching. That mm-hmm. better uh, be exhibited when I'm sitting with a family that's lost a loved one, right. uh, because that's my witness. 
and it's um, it's genuine. It's easier to have faith after you have an entire lifetime of seeing God come through. Hmm. That's awesome. When you're 12 years old, you've got the stories of other people to go on. You've got uh, what your Sunday school teacher says. You've got what your youth director says. Um, you know, I don't. I don't have to rely on that anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it's mm-hmm. it's lived experience for me that God goes before me to prepare the way. And some of that, I think, it, for you, I, I'm just speaking, is that you have the context of realizing that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, where someone, I, I think of, I think of a man in Tyler that um, I got connecting through pastoral care. Visiting a hospital, he's a friend of a, a church member, and uh, he asked me to baptize him in that hospital room. He didn't have the knowledge no. of what God has already done in his life, although God had probably already long since been working in yes. his life. Mm. Uh, but he had asked me to baptize him in that hospital room, subsequently he died two days later in that same hospital bed. Uh, but uh, he had a lifetime experience as well, but he didn't have the knowledge. So so you have the knowledge with the experience, and that together right. has created your testimony, so to speak. The reference points. This man that you're speaking of had not been taught to reflect on the goodness of God. That's right. Right. And I have been taught to to reflect on the goodness Mm -hmm. of God. And frankly, that's uh, one of the things that I continue teaching my children. I don't have little children sitting around the breakfast table anymore. I don't have children that I'm going to the, you know, pep rally meetings for. I have adult children, Mm -hmm. but it's a pretty constant part of... Uh, my conversations with my adult children to talk about prevenient grace, uh, you know, about how God was preparing even before they knew it was preparing. That's that's pretty fertile ground between mm-hmm. uh, my children and myself, my adult children. And I have four grandchildren, and so I, I try to point those things out with them because it is important to have a context. God is preparing all kinds of opportunities and possibilities for everybody every day. But if you don't have a way to think about it, if you don't have a uh, anyone to help you put that in a faith story, you mm-hmm. may lose part of the impact. That's mm-hmm. some of the mm-hmm. being connected with other believers, trying not to just know a lot about the Bible but actually be in conversation about the Bible with other people, knowing that it puts it in context and reflection about what's going on. That's why Bible studies are so important. That's why worship's so important, being connected with other people, conversations and fellowship uh, with other Christians as well. And I heard one person say one time that he always hears God by looking back. Uh, in his history. And some people do that. Some people can maybe see God by where God's opening doors. And I mean, there's all these different ways, but for him, it was so powerful to look back. That didn't mean he went forward with fear. Didn't mean he didn't feel like God was leading him. It's just, he would look back and go, man, that's total evidence of God working. I can totally see that. But again, what Todd was saying is there's a reference point there. Mm-hmm. There's a re- reflection point to, that has is grounded in in faith and what God is doing and what God's done instead of just living life. Yeah, sort yeah. of lost. That's where we say lost. People are lost, and people get freaked out by that. But lost sometimes is you're literally 
don't have any vantage point. You don't have a context you don't have a to context. see what God is doing. Yeah, and, and that's the lostness. It's not that they're lost and God isn't gonna isn't right next to them, like going, "Hey, let's go." It's just right. that they're not willing to see it from that vantage point. Well, this season, I mean, this season of the year is that time where we tried. People have plans. They right, have, right, you know, exactly. goals, resolutions, resolutions, like mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually wanted to ask mm-hmm. you, how do y'all think about goals and planning and all that kind of stuff being January? Some of my family members like to find a word for the whole year. They choose a word and they run after it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of like that. I kind of like that. I like mean, a as theme a, or something? Or yeah, like... kind of like a theme, a word that kind of just run, you know, you can run after your boldness, you know, might be your word. I think uh, my daughter, Jillian, that's her word for 2020 is boldness and uh for me, um, well, as an organization, you know, as a, a leader of a church, I yeah. feel like we got to have goals. We got to have something we're running after. Or we're just kind of, we really are lost uh, because we get distracted as we were talking about in our meeting earlier. Then our distractions, we start focusing on these things that come into our life or in our church or in our ministries that at times can lead us away from the most important thing mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. vitally important to have goals so that you keep focused yeah so. well as y'all think about 2020 maybe it's not a part of the mission or anything but like is there anything specific any kind of vision or specific um encouragement or foresight that you hope the church has this year compared to maybe think about last year but as we look forward to 2020. For me, in a little bit more personal context, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Kelly and I, for many years, uh, always came up with our goals for the next year, you know, at the first year, and that could, whatever, maybe read 10 books for the year, whatever the whatever yeah. the goal is. Yeah. Well, we, you know, after now 20 years, that stuff's kind of faded. And for me, I start thinking, you know, I, I just want to, be a better husband, a better father, a better employee, a better friend. Because the reality is, is that's all I control. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't control all the other stuff going on around me in the world. Yeah. I control me, right? And so I think that that that's part of the context that, that we have to realize is stuff that's going on globally, uh, nationally, or even within the United Methodist Church, we don't really have any control over it. You have control over your actions and what you do, but we can't fundamentally change the system of the uh, United Methodist Church or uh, the systems in America or the systems in the world, but we can change our own sphere of influence, our own personal things. So for me, that's what it's about. You know, how can I be a better husband this year? How can I be a better father this year? How can I be a better employee? How can I be a better friend? And in that context, then you start changing people around you. I like that. Cheryl? I have a real strong sense of um, having a goal for our church this year that involves uh, remembering what Jesus said about the two laws that encompass the whole of the law, okay. which is loving God and loving neighbor. Um, 
the United Methodist Church has some um, divisive conversations going on, mm-hmm. some um, decisions that are going to be made. None of us know what those are. I mean, despite the most recent newscast, there has been no decision made. You know, nothing happens until uh, general conference. And and so my goal is, and I actually think John Wesley's done a pretty good job of this so far. I hope that we can continue remembering that it is not um, doctrine that holds us together. It is not our agreement on social issues that holds us together. It's not a whole list of things. I mean, I could go on for 10 minutes about the things it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, what holds us together is our love of God and our love for each other and our love for our neighborhood. Um, if, if we can remember that, uh, we will be victorious in doing some pretty important work as opposed to letting divisiveness or disagreement or the world's way of drawing lines and putting people on two sides. Uh, It would be wonderful if John Wesley could be a beacon on a hill Hmm. and continuing to remember what's most important. Not what I say is most important, but what Jesus said was most important. Hmm. That's... That's the goal that I'm praying into and praying for. That's a good goal. Let's transition to talk about some news that's happening around the church. The first piece of news that we'll talk about is we brought on uh, Lewis, yes. who is our new modern and youth worship director. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me who this guy is. I would love, maybe he'll come in here and sit and talk for a second, but mm-hmm. what are y'all's first impressions of what you're hoping that his impact will have on where our church goes this this year? Well, that's... Uh, yeah, that's a big question. Yeah, right? Lewis has got a lot of energy, yeah. a lot of talent. He mm-hmm. um, comes with many years of background of uh, all sorts of different uh, styles of music. And uh, God's led him to this place where he feels like he really needs to go all in in um, church worship music. And he has been serving in that capacity, of course, the last few years been very successful at it with his wife and uh, he is uh, I think he brings a lot of energy hard work and Mm -hmm. he's going to be a part of our community he's going to be at the youth events he's going to be around the church he's going to be there on Sunday morning and I look forward to people getting to know him Mm -hmm. and uh, he is an idea guy he's a high energy guy Mm -hmm. and so I remember when he came in to uh, lead worship for the youth that one night Yeah, Um, I was helping run sound and um, I just remember thinking, like, because I have a lot of experience with worship leaders, right? And playing with people and whatever. Right. I just remember thinking, he seems like he has a his talent was great, mm-hmm. He's a very talented guy. Him and his wife, um, really talented. But I also felt like their heart, to me, felt very genuine. And I thought, hey, if there's anyone I think that could f- be what I think the church needs, yeah. from a heart perspective, it right. felt very authentic and very. Um, legit when it came to heart plus talent. So I was thinking that's a really cool combination is heart and talent. And when those come together. We all cool. shared lunch well yesterday. Oh, yeah, and um, I came away from that uh, feeling that he had a genuine faith. Now that may sound like, well, of course, doesn't everyone? No, mm. uh, not all 
worship leaders are so easy and comfortable talking about their faith. Yeah. But that came out clearly as we chatted over lunch, not because he was trying to give any um, answers that he thought we wanted, but just as he was sharing about himself and the decisions he's made and uh, kind of how he thinks, I thought, oh, this is this is great. Cool. This guy has a, a faith that he's living out of. I one, really liked that. One of those, one of the aspects we liked about Lewis is we had interview search team reflections from even you and, and others is that there uh, there is a vulnerability when he's up there on the thing, mm-hmm. like he tells in his wife as well, and so people connect with that, and that's appreciated. I think that that goes along with that authentic, yeah, sort of faith story. Yeah, and he'll be with us on Sunday. For the uh-huh. first Sunday first to lead us yes, in the Sunday. modern service. So yeah, yeah. What, uh, we just had our first service in there. Uh, I personally, from a production standpoint, was over the moon excited about how mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, how awesome it was or mm-hmm. how smoothly it went, how great it sounded. What kind of feedback are we, we hearing from? We all expected, you know, the service to go well, but it went exceptionally well. I'm just speaking of Mosaic in, it, in itself. Mm-hmm. I think we all realize that there's going to be some growth issues, some things that we need to tweak, mm-hmm. some things we're going to learn, things we didn't anticipate or expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you put all that in the context together, I don't think you could have asked for a better launch weekend than than we had this weekend. Yeah, so. cool. All our teams all the way along have worked overtime to make that smooth, great, powerful. I think the spirit was definitely there. and so That's awesome. I was super thrilled. And our people so. seemed genuinely excited. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even yeah. as we experienced a problem or two with mm-hmm. uh, some people leaving the sanctuary and some people mm-hmm. coming in, you know, that's not the worst thing in the world right. that mm-hmm. people might be rubbing shoulders. It was very interesting to me because I was like, mm-hmm. I'm in this one space all day. And usually I'm like going back and forth to the gym mm-hmm. and then back to the sanctuary gym. It's like, wow, it's like we're all in the same, we're space. All in the same space. We're mingling. That is really cool. So the well, energy, oh, go ahead, Tom. Really, yeah. for me, yeah. the, the pat on the back for Sunday has nothing to do with any one of us three. Mm-hmm. It is the productions team, the facilities team, first impressions, Mm -hmm. and the communion people. Without those people, and of course the ushers and greeters as well, without those people doing their jobs and doing it at a a fast, crazy pace, uh, we wouldn't have been able to pull any of that off. So they are the ones that need the pat on the back and the congratulations because they are the ones that made it happen, not us. We We were just there. Taking up more space. Well, we we do yeah, what we did, did all, every too. week. We try. You know, we go to church. Well, I do. Marty's kind That's of you know, he still struggles. But. Well, luckily, it was my second time to give the sermon at that time. <laughs> well, so. of course, you got it off the internet. So. Well, I did. That's why I use an iPad. Uh, I'm so, making it up as I go. So you were telling me earlier you're leading. Uh, the men's Bible study this year is that? Can you give me so they that? have a men's Bible study on Wednesday morning called Dawn Patrol. Okay. Men's Dawn Patrol. Some people have heard the term Dawn Patrol. They don't always know it's men. Uh, Todd actually has been teaching that for three, four years since he came on board and has grown that to a great, healthy place. Todd's transitioning. He's also going to be working on his doctorate degree, and so. 
I am actually stepping in and I'm going to do, I've been looking for another time to do another, to do a Bible study. Mm -hmm. And, um, it just fit well there because Wednesdays is kind of a long day, fit well with my family. And, um, so we as a church did not need another Bible study from a pastor for men on like a Monday morning or Tuesday morning. I just didn't feel like we needed that yet. Mm -hmm. So sort of just fits, you know, so we're going to be doing that. So January 22nd is our kickoff for Wednesday nights, actually for Dawn Patrol meets already. They, they meet, they kind of continue to meet because it's a fellowship time for a lot of these guys Mm -hmm. on a consistent basis. But for me, I'll be there January 22nd, which is in two weeks, I guess. And then I'll be there through April 22nd, which is when our spring sort of semester stops. And then there'll be a, uh, we're going to be doing the Gospel of Matthew. And then probably in the summer, those guys will meet and they'll do like maybe a book series or something like that, or do some social events or things like that. But cool. anyway, so it's open to everybody. I mean, anybody can come and, you know. You think they're going to take a vote on who was a better teacher? Probably. There, it, it, it just has to do with who pays him the most. Right. Yes. I mean, do you have your doctorate? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's trying to catch yeah, up on that? he's or? trying to catch up. Well, he's I'm a actually, little behind. I'm actually going to a school, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just bought mine. You are in so oh, much trouble, Todd. So <laughs> much trouble. Marty bought his online. Online. <laughs> so there is another men's Bible study okay, as well. Um, right. And they are self-led. They okay. and take earlier. turns. They are so early. That is, <laughs> like seven. That's the guys that actually still have a job. They go. Yeah, they go they, earlier. Yeah, 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 they yeah. gather at yeah. six fifteen, yeah, have right. donuts, and start their class yeah. at six thirty. Yeah. Okay. And they actually invite me to come to that class. Okay. I don't make it all that often because, okay. like I mentioned, they start at six fifteen. Yeah. We're usually right. here on Wednesday nights. So they typically of. choose a book, and it's a group effort. They mm-hmm. choose a book on whatever they think they want to study, and they read, and they have a different person every week that leads the discussion, and uh, they pretty much cover the waterfront in there. Mm-hmm. They have done different theologians all along the theological track, and um, they don't all agree on stuff, and they have spirited but wonderful discussions. Um, if you're awake at that hour of the day and yeah. want to be a part of a men's uh, study group before you go to work, they're, they're a good bet. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, give it, can you give us an update on the youth space, the... Uh what do we call it? The Scout Hut, the the building the that's being renovated out there. The outdoor yeah, space. We uh, uh, contractually we should have already been done, but because of the so much inclement weather in December, that's pushed us off. So uh, we have a couple more things that still need to be done. We have a a large hearth and chimney that is going to be built at the end of that pavilion there. Uh, we have gates right there where the used to be the old driveway mm-hmm. uh, is at that will be installed. There's another gate that needs to be installed at the ramp going up to the back of the gym. Um, and then uh, uh, AstroTurf, whatever you want to call it, 
uh, will be put down. There will not be any uh, dirt or real grass. It'll all be covered. That still needs to be put down as well as the landscaping. There's shrubbery that's going to be put uh, by the stage and then shrubbery. You see the flower beds that are in front of the wall on the outside that'll be put out there. So all that stuff has to be done. Uh, the guy that's uh, working on it right now, he has all the uh, tile laid so far, which looks beautiful. They've done a fantastic job on that. We mm. widened the uh, sidewalk, which uh, was not really ADA compliant. Uh, now it is ADA compliant. We st stretched the ramp out over eight foot and widened it. Uh, so you could really probably put two wheelchairs side by side going mm. up this thing now. So, And it's level with the building, so uh, there's not a step. Before, there's this step and this sort of improvised little ramp to get in each doorway, and all that's gone. Uh, so people will be able to get in and out. So uh, I'm hoping uh, whether not killing us, which they're saying at the end of this week, we're going to have some more bad weather coming. Mm. Uh, but I'm hoping within the next couple of weeks we'll be we'll be wrapped up. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. Yeah. I guess we'll get back to our planning, talking about the new year. Mm -hmm. Todd, maybe you'll join us again at some point. Well, you have to I, do your hair I'm again. always good for invitations. This is the first one I've ever got. So happy to go. join y'all today. <laughs> if you behave, maybe you'll uh, get another well, one. Well, after all my comments about Marty today, I nah, probably won't be invited Well, now back. you know you just have to download your sermons from the internet. Internet, you'll be good to go. you'll be more popular than... I uh, know. You know, they, they frankly never mentioned that to us in seminary about downloading from no. the internet. I, I guess it's a secret. It's like, you have to learn it's, that. It's the right. new kids are doing it. But. The new kids are doing it. All right, guys. All right, all right thanks, thanks, Josh. Thanks. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Till next month. 